everyone, it's me, your friend James. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of The Legacy. I don't know about you, but I cringe whenever someone describes me as being religious. Don't hang that around my neck. One of the most common misconceptions about Jesus was he was just another religious leader along the lines of Buddha, Muhammad, and the others. And nothing could be further from the truth than that. What we call quote-unquote religion is our attempt to uh, earn God's favor through some moral code or set of rituals and things of that nature. The problem with that should be obvious. It's impossible. Isaiah 64, 6 tells us that our man, our, that human righteousness is as filthy rags. And please forgive the crudity of what I'm about to say to you, but a literal translation of the word filthy rags means a soiled menstrual cloth. So that's how God sees our human religious efforts. He's absolutely disgusted by them. Instead of giving us some kind of method to dig ourselves out of our sin, Jesus took the punishment for us. Rather than showing us a pattern for working our way to God, which again is impossible, Jesus was God reaching out to us. Ephesians 2.9 talks about how our salvation is a gift from God, not a reward for our good works. If it was something we had gained through our good deeds or religious devotion, it would be something we could boast about, claiming the glory for ourselves, and God's not going to let us do that. We see this vividly in a conversation Jesus had with a very respected uh, Jewish leader named Nachdemon, or Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to Jesus under the cover of night, and we don't know what his initial motivations were in coming to Jesus. He may have been genuinely curious and seeking, or he may have initially been trying to trip Jesus up in some way. We don't know, but initially he did become a follower of Jesus, as we see later in the Gospels. But anyway, in this initial meeting, Jesus wastes no time telling this respected, educated, devout man that unless he is born again, he will not see he will never see the kingdom of God. And again, I can't emphasize this strongly enough. Jesus was not saying this to someone you would call your average quote-unquote sinner. He was challenging a member of the religious elite that in spite of his piety, he was a lost man. And he needed this new birth as much as anyone else. In fact, when he asked Jesus what he means, Jesus chides him for uh, being a religious leader and not understanding these things. Notice Jesus draws a distinction between natural birth or born of water and spiritual rebirth. Born of water means when our mother's water breaks and we're born physically. But even though, uh, even then, although we're spiritually alive, the Bible tells us Ephesians 2, 2, that we're dead spiritually. How can that be? Again, it goes back to our first parents, Adam and Eve. Have you ever wondered what it must have felt like in those first few moments after Adam and Eve first disobeyed God? Only moments before, they lived in perfect, unbroken fellowship with the creator of the universe. But now there was a chill in the air that wasn't there before. While they were still physically alive, they had become spiritually dead. And what was the first thing they did? They hid from God. Some people ask how a loving God could create a place like hell, but spiritually dead people don't want to be in God's presence. They try to avoid it, and God simply gives them what they want. But from there, this condition of spiritual death is passed down to all of us. You can read about that in Psalm 51.5, as well as in more detail in the fifth chapter of Romans. And that condition uh, reveals itself through our sin, our missing the mark of God's ideal, our disagreement, our disobedience to God's commands. In the words of Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'll give you an example. Have you ever told a lie in all, all your life? Sure, we all have. So then how many lies do you have to tell to make you a liar? Only one. And Revelation 21.8 tells us that liars will have their place in the lake of fire. So again, as we see, if we base things on our own goodness, then we're dead out of the gate even with that one. But it goes much further than that. God doesn't just judge us based on our actions. He also judges us on our thoughts and our intentions. Maybe you've never physically cheated on your spouse or with someone else's, but Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, 
that if you even entertain an immoral sexual thought, that you've already committed adultery in, in your heart. And maybe you've never actually murdered anyone, but have you ever hated anyone? 1 John 3.15 says that he who hates his brother is a murderer and that no, mur and that no murderer has eternal life. So think about it. How much, quote-unquote, religion does it take to undo all this? How much do you have to pray and fast? How much money do you have to give away? How many pilgrimages do you have to make to bring something dead to life? Friends, that's foolishness, and that should be evident by now. It takes something supernatural and miraculous to do that. You need a new heart, a new nature, which is what being born again is. Jesus took the punishment we deserve and paid the penalty for us. When we turn away from our sin and trust in Jesus and what he's done for us, he makes us new creations. Our sins are forgiven and we're welcomed into God's family. Talk about an extreme makeover. Friends, this is the great equalizer. I'm no better than anyone else. I'm no less in need of God's grace than anyone else. Jesus saved me in spite of myself and he can save you too. This is the most important decision you'll ever make. You're not guaranteed a tomorrow or even your next breath. So please don't waste this opportunity. Don't complain that God only provided one way to salvation. Just be thankful he provided one and friends, he's more than enough. Please, if you need to discuss Need more information on this, please see that uh, web address in the lower right-hand corner of your screen if you're watching this on video, james-dave.com, or if you're listening on audio, again, it's james, J-A-M-E-S, hyphen, Dave, D-A-V-E.com. There are plenty of other resources there that help you, and there's also a link where you can email me if you need to. In, any, in the meantime, I pray that uh, as you seek God, that he reveals himself to you more than more, and thank you for joining us. And until next time, as always, keep it real.